the impact of relationships you can have as a community banker, both internal and external with customers and clients is very important to me. And I don't ever want to lose that feel. Welcome to the Next Generation Podcast presented by Generations Bank. I'm Luke Hannon. I'm Max Harrell. We've got Mr. John Harrell with us today. How are you? I'm doing excellent. Good. I never thought I would get this invitation. I uh, <laughs> thought maybe my generation was exempt from <laughs> no. speaking into or regarding banking on a podcast. No, no. We uh, no. We need more of your wisdom, more of your time. So thank you for hopping on uh, in place of Max, your son. Well, he's a jet setter. <laughs> it's hard, hard to keep up with him, but I'm, I'm proud to fill in and as my shoes are bigger than his, I think I can handle that. <laughs> yeah, he's over in Charlotte. What are they doing over in Charlotte? They're attending a bank CEO network uh, two-day conference. Okay. So hopefully they're gaining some wisdom they can bring <laughs> back and uh, help us in our day-to-day journeys uh, with what we do. Good deal. Yeah, hopefully. Fingers crossed that they're showing up to their seminars. and I got spies. <laughs> I make, got I make spies sure they're there. there. I have spies. That's good. Yes. That's good. Well, like I said, thank you so much for jumping on. Um, and I think we're going to have a great time. Uh, let's just talk about where you're from, where you're from, what your career has looked like, um, you know, up to this point. And, um, you know, let some of our listeners know what your path has. Obviously, now you're the chairman of the board for Generations Bank, as well as the CEO. So what has your path looked like leading up to today? Well, I was brought up in a banking family, uh, obviously, hence the name Generations Bank. Yeah. I grew up around my grandfather and his brothers and sisters all worked in our small community bank in Hampton, Arkansas. And I grew up in Camden, which was about 20 to 25 miles away. So when I went to college, I originally wanted to be have an accounting degree. And I got into those higher level accounting classes and thought, well, maybe I'm not cut out to do this. Uh, so I entered into a banking and finance path toward my uh, graduation and uh, did get a bachelor's degree in banking and finance and was able to work during those college years uh, during the summer at our small community bank there in Hampton, Arkansas. And uh, it, it, things have changed a lot. We used to close the bank at uh, 2 o'clock every day. and You're joking. Nope. I think and we need on, to go back on, uh, to that. Yeah, no. Nope. <laughs> can we, on, on can Fridays, we do that? we would reopen at 2.30 and stay open till 5. Oh, payday? So t- truly banker's hours were a thing back <laughs> yeah. in those days, I assure you. And it, it was fun. It was neat being exposed to that generation of of heralds that I had the good fortune to work with. Uh, there was uh, my grandfather, my uncle, my grandfather's brother used to smoke King, King Edward cigars. Really, in the lobby of the bank. <laughs> we need to bring that back too. That could, well, that would, that, be a- that would be a unique uh, <laughs> visual for banking yeah. in the modern era. And smell, yeah, well, yeah you, the smell was everywhere. But <laughs> yeah. I love cigar smell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he also had a cigar box where he would make, I would call them like payday loans. Out of, <laughs> and he, somebody came in Wednesday and then get paid till Friday. Here's here's twenty bucks and really they come in Friday and pay it. He put it back in the box. Interesting. Yeah, and that that box is still on site at really? our Hampton location. Okay, 
think it's over in the corner with a little light yeah. shining down on it because it's kind of legendary. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. So I had the opportunity to work summers there, and I did graduate with my degree in banking and finance in 1988 from the University of Arkansas. And I uh, had the opportunity to work for the Arkansas State Bank Department as a bank examiner. And if that doesn't sound like a sexy job, I don't know what <laughs> is. Um, but what was really neat yeah. about that experience for me is that I was able to work with a lot of peers my age who were kind of up and coming in the banking industry. And it is amazing how many people that are in the industry today that I worked with at that time. And there's several bankers in Northwest Arkansas that I worked with uh, when I was with the bank department. Uh, Joe Ruddle, our bank president, and I worked together at the bank department in the late 80s and early 90s. So you just made a lot of really great contacts that have been uh, very beneficial during my career since then. Uh, even some of the bankers, including your gran granddad, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if everybody doesn't know, Lou Cannon is from a banking lineage Yeah. also, but I got the chance to meet your granddad, Larry Nelson, at First National Bank of Mountain Home, I think. Probably. I think so. Um, it's since changed names, I think. A but, couple uh, times, had yeah. had a chance to uh, work for a lot of fine bankers and gentlemen, such as Mr. Larry Nelson, your grandfather. Yeah. So that was kind of part of it, and I stayed there um, several years. Back in those days, we traveled pretty well five days a week, every week. Um, so I was fortunate enough to meet a pretty young girl from Benton, Arkansas that <laughs> captured my heart, and uh, we decided to get married, and that travel schedule was not conducive to the lifestyle we wanted yeah. as a young couple. So right. I, was, I worked at some banks in Little Rock for several years as a credit analyst, and as a loan review capacity. And I got some real good knowledge and met some other good people during that time also. Um, and then I kind of got a call from uh, my father, who was uh, chairman of the board at that time of our community bank in Hampton, and said they were uh, looking at buying a bank in Junction City, Arkansas, and want to know if I had any interest in coming back home and kind of working within our banking environment at that time. And uh, so I went to my wife, who once I said is from central Arkansas, and said, hey, I have an opportunity to move back to south Arkansas, uh, kind of get back involved with the family bank. Um, there was talks of branching into Camden, Arkansas, which is where I was from, where I grew up. And so that seemed like the best opportunity available to me at that time. And so we made that decision to move back. And I think this is 90 Three, 1993, starting to get old. I got to start thinking <laughs> yeah. of the dates that have really impacted my life. But uh, so able to go back and work with the family, and we had some real success in uh, that part of the state, and we're able to grow the bank. Um, and uh, stayed there until 2005 and had the opportunity to move to Northwest Arkansas and um, had a young family, Max being one, I think was in the fourth grade, and my daughter McKenzie was in kindergarten. And uh, so we had the opportunity to move up here and uh, take advantage of the great school systems that are up here and just felt led to raise our family in Northwest Arkansas at that time. And it ended up being a great move. Um, and uh, able to grow our banks in Northwest Arkansas 
to the point where they are today. Um, you know, a lot of things impact your life that are unexpected. And almost 10 years ago, my father, who was chairman of the board, was actually flying up here to watch Max, our son, play that everybody's familiar with on this podcast, playing a high school football game. And he was tragically killed in a plane accident, November 1st, 2013. So coming up on the 10-year time frame that that happened. And uh, so it's kind of thrust me and my career into a different trajectory at that time. Uh, a lot of our board members, a lot of which are family and long-term friends came to me and said, hey, I think you're ready for this. And so I had the opportunity and the board supported me to become chairman of the board at that time. And uh, we had things in place to continue to grow the bank in Northwest Arkansas and had the right people involved. And so we have had the good fortune of, of growing and adding locations, adding team members to the point where we are today. And uh, I'm just thrilled to work with Max, who's obviously our next generation. And we can, with him involved, we can plan for the future. Yeah. And that's a lot of fun, Luke. Yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun to be able to sit here and work with him and plan for the future and see where we can take Generations Bank. I yeah. think it, we can do some real exciting things to continue to support the communities where we are and expand into other areas where we think we can make a big impact there. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for sharing that. I did have a follow-up question. So you did say you're working, you were working for... Um, the state bank examiners, and then you threw in that you met your wife. Did you happen to meet her while you were performing a bank exam and she was working at no, a bank? No, or did it, no, did it, that... was, it was a, a weekend meeting. <laughs> okay, a weekend meeting. <laughs> I was with a group of bank examiners gotcha. when I ran okay. in. She was actually out to dinner with uh, my cousin, who she didn't know very well, but they had become friends. And so we just kind of, by happenstance, met uh, at that time. But yeah. she was a school teacher, so it had nothing to do with the banking industry. Okay, okay. And then I know, obviously, Generations Bank. Max is currently, um, you know, in the plans to continue his career in banking. Is there any chance that McKinsey steps in and takes the throne from him? Well, I... <laughs> Any chance? She has not gone that, down that path. Now, <laughs> no. I would never never say never. <laughs> and he may decide this podcasting takes off to go yeah. into uh, broadcasting or yeah, something. I don't exactly. know. And she may, I may have to bring her back. Yeah. Yeah. We'll be Romo and Brad Nessler. <laughs> who, who does he do it with? Jim Nance? I think he does it with Jim Nance. Yeah. That would be, I feel like that'd be a good career. That's a lot of travel too. Bank well, examiners but, and sports commentators travel a lot. Those guys do pretty well. <laughs> yeah. You only work one day a week that's for it. like three that's hours. It. That's it. <laughs> so, yeah. It's a great gig. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, um, we are a community bank. What have you enjoyed about being part of a community bank for so long? And what are the, the things that listeners or, you know, current consumers need to know about what a community bank does? Well, being a community banker is defined, I think, by relationships. You know, I, I had the opportunity to have relationships with 140 employees, and uh, which I treasure 
with everything. I mean, I, I'm just so blessed to work with so many great people and uh, the impact that they have had on my life. And we try to have a culture and environment that we can have an impact on their lives and their family lives. And I think at the community bank level, you can do that. And if uh, you're a consumer and relationships are important to you, uh, that's what community banks are for. If all you're looking for is a, is a debit card, a, a checking account, uh, some points tied to that, and, and an app, yeah, um, we may not be for you. <laughs> we have those things. Don't yeah. <laughs> we have those things. And we'd love for all of you to be customers of Generations Bank. But, uh, hey, uh, if you're a customer of the bank and you want my cell phone number, you can have my cell phone number. Call yeah. me anytime. Complaints, praise, criticism, critique, <laughs> I get it all. Yeah. I get it all. And we listen and try to get better every day. Right. And uh, so just the impact of relationships you can have as a community banker, both internal and external with customers and clients, is very important to me. And I, I don't ever want to lose that feel that what we've created. Yeah. Okay, last thing on your career. So you are the leader of, uh, did you say 140, 150-ish employees? Mm -hmm. And you have the responsibility of shepherding them, being a great leader for them, as well as all of our customers, which we have hundreds and hundreds. Oh, thousands thousands and thousands. thousands of customers. <laughs> yes. Um, so how do you sleep at night? That's a big responsibility, <laughs> right? I mean, and you said you were kind of thrust into that. Uh, well, there were some moments there early. I did not sleep very well at all. <laughs> I believe um, it. I really do. But it's just uh, having the right culture. You know, we're mm -hmm. just very focused on on faith, family, and work. And that's the priorities that the bank has. It's priorities that we want our employees to have. And so as long as you've got things kind of lined up the right way, that helps. Yeah. Now, there are still <laughs> days that uh, try, try you when... You know, things don't go as expected or, right. you know, people have a lot of, you know, we have turnover in our bank and that causes some uh, angst, yeah. you know, within our group. And uh, so that's sometimes the best time to figure out new direction is at three in the morning when you haven't slept much. <laughs> yeah. The but, infomercials uh, are yeah, on the TV. That's right. <laughs> that's about right. Um, and so, I, as long as your priorities are straight, I think you learn how to deal with different stresses in your life. Right. Absolutely. And that's probably true amongst other leaders who sure. are running businesses across Northwest Arkansas mm -hmm. as well. Um, but thanks for sharing that. Um, so, I did say that was my last question about your career. But looking back, um, there have been a lot of ups and downs in the economy and in banking. What was maybe either specifically one of the hardest times, um, you know, as a lender and the working for the state bank examiners, what was one of the hardest times, um, you know, in your banking career, whether it was, uh, you know, related to the economy or just maybe a low moment um, in your personal career? Oh, I would have to look back. I mean, the great recession, I guess that's what we call it, mm -hmm. of, you know, 2008 to 2011, was uh, stressful for the banking industry. It yeah. really was. I mean, it's just... Where were you at that point? Well, I was... Were you a lender or I was, a I was president? a lender. I was a market president. Okay. And, uh, and had the opportunity to... One thing about 
times like that, you learn a lot. Yeah. <laughs> They're hard, hard lessons, mm-hmm. but you do learn a lot. And, uh, you know, you try to work with people best you can that uh, you've loaned money to whose properties are not worth what they were when you loaned the money to them and to no fault of their own. Yeah. And, uh, you know, everybody has to make their own personal decisions. Um, and as a business, you have to make a decision. And sometimes those are, are difficult. Um, there were friends and uh, acquaintances that, uh, you know, sometimes you have to make some tough decisions and that aren't popular. But uh, I do have a responsibility to our shareholders and our employees to make those decisions. So the, those that was a difficult time. Um, you know, COVID was <laughs> something I never <laughs> imagined would happen. Yeah. Um, what did that look like on the banking side? Because I was still finishing up college. What did it look like? I know, you know there was a lot about... Uh, the, yeah, the economy was really doing well. I mean, loan mm-hmm. demand was strong. Um, we were growing. had plans to grow. Actually, we're looking at a an acquisition of a smaller community bank within the state and uh, COVID hit swiftly. You know, it just, their things just turned off. It seemed like overnight and um, not knowing what was going to happen and living through 2008 to 2011, you just kind of assume the worst, you know, what's going to happen or, you know, what sort of challenges are we going to have within our, our bank and our customers going to have with their businesses, the properties that they own. So I just, I remember calling off the acquisition. We, we had not formally signed any documents, but uh, it didn't feel like it was the right place to invest our time and efforts in with uh, the uncertainty of a pandemic yeah. uh, on board. And coming at us quickly because I've never lived through one, and yeah. I probably won't. You might, Luke. I don't know. Hope not. But I uh, don't know. And recently, just it's been a, an unprecedented rise in interest rates mm-hmm. here over the last uh, year plus a little bit, and that's been a unique uh, dynamic to work through. Um, and I don't know what the future looks like, and sometimes that that can keep me awake at night. Yeah, Luke is just. You can read a lot of data from a lot of different economists that project this and that, but go back and look at how well those economists have predicted interest rates over the years. And yeah. They don't know any more than you and I do. Yeah. Economists and weathermen. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I do want to hit on, you know, where we're at today. Um, we've spoken a lot on kind of the the hard times that's that have been pressing on consumers, whether it's inflation or high interest rates. Um, what does it look like on the banking side? Um, seems like most things in, in the news are talking to consumers. You know, your interest rates are going up, your mortgage interest, interest rates are going up. On the banking side, what has it looked like for, you know, when we hear interest rates are increasing, um, what what have the, have the uh, effects been of those increases? Okay. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take a step back a little bit, and you know, I spoke about COVID and the uh, <clears throat> looking at the lens of what was so uncertain at that time. And then what happened from a reaction from our federal government and our society 
was uh, unprecedented. I mean, a lot of money was pumped into the economy through many different vehicles, from tax credits to PPP loans, um, a lot of what I would deem as heroic efforts by the government, and some of which were warranted. Like a lot of things the government does, they might have overdone it a little bit, but a, a lot of dollars just pumped into the economy into the banking systems. And uh, so a lot of community banks, big banks, everyone was sitting on a lot of demand deposits. Uh, the interest rates were basically zero at the time. Uh, the economy was still strong. Certainly we're blessed to live in Northwest Arkansas where people were still moving into the community. The construction business is still as strong as it ever has been at that and was at that time. And then I think what we're kind of catching now is kind of a boomerang effect from that low interest rate cycle, from all that money being pumped into the economy, that, um, you know, cost of everything started really going up because there was a lot of dollars out there to chase uh, chase a, a, f a few goods. Yeah. And so, um, so the Federal Reserve uses one of its weapons in increasing interest rates to try to kind of beat back that inflation number and uh, has been in that cycle for quite a while. And um, in a rising interest rate environment is usually good for community banks in the short run because our, our assets, which are loans to businesses and consumers, are typically repriced quicker than our deposits do, which are CDs, uh, primarily CDs and other type instruments that have a fixed term also. So... During a rising interest rate environment, it's usually accretive to the bank's uh, income, net interest margin, and overall income strategy. Now we've hit that point where it's kind of caught up with us, and our net interest margin is starting to uh, decrease. Uh, cost of funds, which are our are, are borrowers' deposits, everyone's aware that uh, interest rates are higher, and, and they are justified in wanting a competitive return on their investment with the bank, as they would in a U.S. Treasury, U.S. agency, or any other investment vehicle with which they might invest their money. So it's uh, it's more competitive. A lot of the competition among community banks is competitive for deposits because there's still loan demand. We're very fortunate to continue to live in an area that uh, still sees loan demand. A lot of red dirt that's all right. around northwest Arkansas. <laughs> so uh, that's that's good for the banking system. So it, it, it is a challenge right now um, for for those uh, funding options, I don't want to get too technical or geeky. No, that's I think great. That's great. I'm going there. We've prepared our listeners okay. for this. But uh, you know, funding options that would return a, a margin back to the bank because you know banks have overhead. You know, and um, we need to pay our people our light bills and uh, make sure that uh, we invest in those kind of things. And so it 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 is tightening up for the entire banking community and. A lot of the things that happened due to this also, remember, we've all heard of Silicon Valley Bank and the problems that they had. They had a lot of that, those dollars that were reflected from the COVID time where all mm -hmm. that money was pumped into the economy and they didn't have any place to put it. So they go out there and buy all these low rate bonds at the time would at least return something to mm -hmm. the bank in regard, in regard to an investment. 
and then interest rates go up and the value of those bonds is goes down significantly. And um, so that's really what got them in trouble. It wasn't that they were making bad investments. They just had poor timing on the investments that they made. And so, but a lot of banks are carrying some investments on their portfolio, not to the extreme Silicon Valley did, but in those investments, as interest rates go up, those investments are not worth as much if they're paying a below current uh, market rate. So that that's a challenge for banks, and especially community banks in today's interest rate environment. Right. I know I'm getting geeked out. So no, I'm, that's great. I've got I one. I apologize. To, <laughs> I've got one to take us a little further too. So you talked a lot about um, loan demand is still high. But the amount of deposits in community banks right now, they're hard to come by. So what's the importance for a bank to have um, a healthy balance of deposits and loan demand? Um, and what happens when loan demand outpaces um, maybe the deposits that a bank has? Well, what a bank does, in essence, is take our customers' deposits turns around and loans them out to local businesses. That's what a bank does. Smartly. Smartly. <laughs> That's true. And tries to Not create tries to create a margin between what we pay our customers and what we loan out. We have to cover our overhead. Mm-hmm. Our shareholders demand a return. So there's needs for uh that spread is what I call it. Yeah. But if if that funding sources dries up or leaves the banking system it's we don't banks don't have as much money to turn around and loan to our customers to to our communities um so that that's kind of the dynamic that's interesting in today's banking world right yeah good deal well uh one last question i have when you think about banking you've been in banking for let me do some math here in front of my boss. 40, 19, 1988. 40, coming up on 40 years. Yeah. Is that wrong? Uh, you're a little bit shooting high. I, I, will, <laughs> I will have my 40-year high school 35. class reunion uh, next year. Okay. Okay, last question about, about banking right here. What do you think are some common misconceptions about banks in general um, that maybe some of our... We've got a lot of young listeners mm-hmm. who might think that maybe banks hold all of the money at a bank or might think that, you know, all that a bank does is keep my money safe. What are, what are some common misconceptions that um, you've encountered from some of our customers or, you know, some people you've had a meal with? Um, if you could think of, think of any. Sure, or sure. are all our customers you know, just on the spot? <laughs> you know, banking has not had the best reputation uh, historically, I think a lot of it was a misconception that the mean old banker was going to repossess the family farm, and uh, and I don't know what the banker would do with it. <laughs> bankers, <laughs> bankers aren't farmers, but uh, and so I think sometimes a, a bad rap. And then I'm not saying that could not have happened. Yeah. But I assure you, a Generations Bank does not want to own anybody's property. We, <laughs> yeah. we, we are not in the business of owning anybody's home, anyone's farm, anyone's yeah. vehicle. We want to uh, make loans to people that will benefit them and uh, so they can have a better quality of life. And that that's really what we try to do. 
Um, so that's just, you know, Banks just kind of get a bad rap, I think, from country and western songs, which I'm a country and western fan. So <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm farm aid all the way. Yeah. So, uh, but uh, I think that's something that we've dealt with. And there's a lot of competition for banks. Credit unions are out there, uh, savings banks, a lot of non-traditional areas to have a checking account, have a debit card, have a debit card, Apple Pay. App, you know, it's pretty easy to get a debit card. Just click on your phone. It'll throw a, something out there trying to seduce you to get that <laughs> yeah. done. Um, so it's, it's a challenge. You know, you say, well, what do you do? I said, I work for a bank. Really? <laughs> <laughs> so I get a lot of that. Yeah. So it, it, it's a hard career to explain. But it's kind of like I said, it's a neat, for me, a neat blend of some technical expertise is needed, but you get to use that relationship uh, factor into how you deal with your employees and your customers. Yeah, absolutely. No, it is technical, but I'll never forget the first time we sat down and, you know, we, we, we were speaking about what it would look like for me to come over here and work for you. I remember you said, it's not rocket science. No. Which you, you were right. <laughs> But the, but it is complicated. There's, it is technical. Is the way we live in a, well, we a, a highly regulated business. Yeah. Um, you know it, the FDIC, Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation. They provide insurance to our customers for deposit accounts up to two hundred fifty thousand dollars. Plus, you can get a different higher amounts based on combinations of people that are signers on an account. So with that guarantee that the government provides to the FDIC, they do have written a lot of rules and regulations which they expect us to abide mm -hmm. to and with. And uh, so that's just the world we live in. And it's, uh, I guess I've kind of gotten used to it over the years. It yeah. can be frustrating. Uh, they require us to have policies and procedures for everything that we do <laughs> from cashing a check to accounting the money back to a customer to making yeah. a loan to opening the doors in the morning. Uh, so there, there's just a, it's just a highly regulated world and, and structured world that we live in. Yeah. But that does ensure, you know, you as listeners, um, you know, whether we want to or not, things are running very smoothly over here. <laughs> things yes, are very yes, regulated, yes, very, very regulated, safe. smooth and safe. It's and monitored. It's <laughs> so, uh, probably above and beyond what it has to be, but it, is what it is, and we yeah. will deal with that. That's right. Good deal. Well, any closing thoughts today? Thank you so much. Well, not here. I just appreciate the opportunity to come on and and uh, a new forum for me. I've never yeah. done this before. You did great. Yeah. I think I've got a chance to be a broadcaster for the NFL. I do. Wow. Maybe a color commentator. Well, hey, I, I, <laughs> I'm 57, so if I can work 10 more years, i got to find something else to do. Yeah. Yeah, I'll let, you and Mac, I'll let you and Max take the bank over, and I'll just I'll okay. chase that next dream. Perfect. I don't think pro golf, <laughs> pro senior golf, I don't think it's going to happen, so I, mean, I need to pivot. Yeah. Well, when you, get, when you retire, you'll have time to get better. That's so. right. That's right. <laughs> um, well, thank you so much for being on. Hogs play Ole Miss this weekend. This will come out Monday, so we're going to know if you're wrong, but score. Oh, I hate to, <laughs> I hate to say this. Ole Miss, they just dominated. Well, I don't know about dominated. I'm going to say Ole Miss 45-28. Oh, John. 
I hate to say it. <laughs> That's okay. Just you're America's honesty broker. Yeah. I'm a Sam Pittman guy. I, I was a big fan when he came came on. I think he understands what SEC football players need to look like. And yeah. I think I think we gotta give him a little rope. I think we gotta let it let it play out and uh, see where we go. Yeah. I bleed red, baby. I do too. We'll be cheering for him. Yes. Loud and proud. Well, thanks for coming on. And uh, go hogs, everybody. Absolutely. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you liked this episode, please leave a five-star rating and drop a review. Follow us on our socials, which can be found in the show notes below. We will catch you next time.